Welcome to the Nonlinear Library, where we use text-to-speech software to convert the best writing from the rationalist and EA communities into audio. This is Ben Pace's controversial picks for the 2020 review, published by Ben Pace on December 27, 2021 on Less Wrong. This year, the Less Wrong books had about 187,000 words in them. This was the top 59 posts last year in the review. If we count up the posts in the early vote this year, then we get the top 43 posts. Basically, it's everything up to and including forecasting thread AI timelines. The spreadsheet where I did the math is here. Now, we may do something fairly different with the results of the review this year. But for now I'm going to run with this as a past review and didn't pass review watermark. Then in this post I'm going to make my case for 15 underrated posts in the review. I encourage others to try this frame out for prioritizing which posts to review. Note that I'm about to defend my picks that were controversial within the LW crowd, which is a fun and weird optimization criteria. I'm not going to talk about the super defensible posts or the posts everyone here loved, but the posts many people don't share my impressions of, in the hope that people change their votes. Here goes. COVID. First are my three COVID picks. Mazes. Okay, this is time to review the mazes sequence. We have 17 posts, summing to 46,000 words. That's nearly a quarter of last year's book. The sequence is an extended meditation on a theme, exploring it from lots of perspective, about how large projects and large coordination efforts end up being eaten by Moloch. The specific perspective reminds me a bit of the Screwtape Letters. In the Screwtape Letters, the two devils are focused on causing people to be immoral. The explicit optimization for vices and personal flaws helps highlight, to me, what it looks like when I'm doing something really stupid or harmful within myself. Similarly, this sequence explores the perspective of large groups of people who live to game a large company, not to actually achieve the goals of the company. What that culture looks like, what is rewarded, what it feels like to be in it. I've executed some of these strategies in my life. I don't think I've ever lived the life of the soulless middle manager stereotyped by the sequence, but I see elements of it in myself, and I'm grateful to the sequence for helping me identify those cognitive patterns. Something the sequence really conveys, is not just that individuals can try to game a company, but that a whole company's culture can change such that gaming behavior is expected and rewarded. It contains a lot of detail about what that culture looks and feels like. The sequence, including the essay mode of ambiguity, has let me see how in such an environment groups of people can end up optimizing for the opposite of their stated purpose. The sequence doesn't hold together as a whole to me. I don't get the perfect or super perfect competition idea at the top. Some of the claims seem like a stretch or not really argued for, just completing the pattern when riffing on a theme. But I'm not going to review the weaknesses here, my goal is mostly to advocate for the best parts of it that I'd like to see score more highly in the book. My three picks are. Also Malik hasn't won but that was in last year's review and books, so skipping it here. Also motive ambiguity, but everyone already agrees with me on that, and also it's not technically part of the sequence. Overall, I don't know if this all works out but it's my current bet on which posts should go into a hypothetical book. Also they're all short, only summing to 1200 plus 2000 plus 1200 plus 1800 equals 6200 words, including motive ambiguity, which is about 15% of the sequence length, but I claim gets like 50% of the value. Agent Foundations. There were a couple of truly excellent posts in the quest to understand foundational properties of agents, an area of research that I would like to see go much further, that may eventually give us a strong tool for aligning the agents we one day build. It's a pipe dream at the minute, but it does seem like a piece of a solution, so even though I don't have the other pieces I am happy to pump resources into this piece when there's traction. And I really like the work done in 2020. My picks are. 
I generally nod along to a lot of the scientific discussion in the 21st century about how the universe works and how reasonable the whole thing is. But I don't feel I knew in advance to expect the world around me to operate on simple mathematical principles and be so reasonable. I could have woken up in the Harry Potter universe of magic wands and spells. I know I didn't, but if I did, I think I would be able to act in it? I wouldn't constantly be falling over myself because I don't understand how 1 plus 1 equals 2 anymore? There's some place I'm starting from that builds up to an understanding of the universe, and doesn't sneak it in as an assumption. And this is what this new perspective does that Abram lays out in technical detail. I don't follow it all, for instance I don't recall why it's important that the former view assumes that utility is computable. In conclusion, this piece is a key step from the existing philosophy of agents to the philosophy of embedded agents, or at least it was for me, and it changes my background perspective on rationality. It's the only post in the early vote that I gave plus 9. At this point in this post I'm getting tired and will try to write shorter comments. I don't know how to simply describe it. I don't know what even to say here. One thing I can say is that the post formalized the idea of having more agency or less agency, in terms of what facts about the world can I force to be true? The more I approach the world by stating things that are going to happen, that I can't change, the more I'm boxing in my agency over the world. The more I treat constraints as things I could fight to change, the more I have power and agency over the world. If I can't imagine a fact being false, I don't have agency over it. This applies to mathematical and logical claims too, which ties into logical induction and decision theory. Writing this review I realize the idea is one with the post I wrote taking your environment as object versus being subject to your environment which is another chunk of this element of growth I've experienced in the last year. Anyway, that was a big deal, the first few times I read the math of Cartesian frames I didn't get the idea at all, then after seeing some examples and reflecting on it, it clicked and helped me understand this whole thing better. Also that Scott has formalized it is very valuable and impressive, and even more so is this notion of factorizations of a set and the apparently new sequence he discovered which is insane and can't be true. Factorization of a set seems like the third thing you'd invent about sets once you thought of the idea, and if Scott discovered it in 2020 I'll be like whiff. But this is not the primary reason I'm endorsing it in the review. The primary reason is that it captures something that seems philosophically important to me. In retrospect I'm bumping this up to a plus 9 for the review. I didn't think about it properly in the early vote, and it's a lot of technical stuff and I forgot about the core concepts I got from it. Simulacra. Okay, the simulacra posts were another big idea I got from 2020. Basically, everyone is right that simulacra levels and their interactions is the best single post to read on the subject, and I'm satisfied it's in the top half of the posts making the hypothetical cut. So here's my controversial pick. Assorted posts. Below are four more reviews. Look at this statue. That's the first piece, there's many more, that help me have a visual handle on rationality. I give this post a plus four. There's lots of simple effects here that I never noticed. For example, if there's a 55-45 split of the two genders, just counting the heterosexual people, then the minority gender gets an edge of selectiveness, which they enjoy, everyone gets to pick someone they like a bit more than they otherwise would have, but for the majority gender, 18% of them do not have a partner. It's really bad for the least liked people in the majority group. Lack of a partner can lead to desperation and all sorts of unpleasant experiences. This post walks through a bunch of effects like this and explains what's going on in the world. Also it's got lots of diagrams and jokes and is very engagingly written. I learned a lot from it about modern mating dynamics, and I give it a plus 4. Didn't get 2. The other lowish scoring posts I didn't get around to reviewing but think are pretty good are transportation as a constraint, assessing Kurzweil predictions about 2019, tools for keeping focused, 
the first sample gives the most information, search versus design, and the Darwin game, conclusion. I give them all plus four. Thanks for listening. To help us out with the nonlinear library or to learn more, please visit nonlinear.org.